Commentary on the Gospel of Luke, Sermons 12-25. through 25. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Sermon 12, Part 1. Commentary on the Gospel of Luke, Sermons 12-25. through 25, By Cyril of Alexandria. Translated by R. Payne Smith. Sermon 12, the Twelfth Sermon of the Commentary upon the Gospel of Luke, by St. Cyril, upon the Fast of Our Lord in the Flesh. From the Syriac. 4, 1-2. But Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from the Jordan, and continued in the Spirit in the wilderness forty days, being tempted of the devil, and he ate nothing during those days, and when they were accomplished he hungered. The blessed prophets, when speaking of the only begotten word of God, of him who is equal unto God in glory, and the sharer of his throne, and radiant in perfect equality unto him, lead us to the persuasion that he was manifested as a saviour and deliverer for those upon earth by saying arise o lord help me he arose therefore and helped having taken the form of a slave and being made in the likeness of men for so did he as one of us set himself as an avenger in our stead against that murderous and rebellious serpent who had brought sin upon us, and thereby had caused corruption and death to reign over the dwellers upon earth, that we by his means and in him might gain the victory, whereas of old we were vanquished and fallen in Adam. Come, therefore, and let us praise the Lord, and sing psalms unto God our Saviour. Let us trample Satan underfoot, let us raise the shout of victory over him, now he is thrown and fallen. Let us exult over the crafty reptile, caught in an inextricable snare. Let us too say of him in the words of the prophet Jeremiah, How is the hammer of all the earth broken and beaten small? Thou art found and hast been taken, because thou stoodest against the Lord. For of old, that is, before the time of the advent of Christ the Saviour of all, the universal enemy had somewhat grand and terrible notions about himself, for he boastfully exulted over the infirmity of the inhabitants of the earth, saying, I will hold the world in my hand as a nest, and as eggs that are left I will take it up and no one shall escape from me or speak against me. And in very truth there was no one of those upon earth who could rise up against his power. But the sun rose up against him, and contended with him, having been made like unto us. And therefore, as I said, human nature, as victorious in him, wins the crown and this in old time the son himself proclaimed, where, by one of the holy prophets, he thus addresses Satan, Behold, I am against thee, O corrupting mountain, that corruptest the whole earth. 
come therefore and let us see what the blessed evangelist says when christ was now going to battle in our behalf with him who corrupted the whole earth but jesus being full of the holy ghost returned from the jordan here behold i pray man's nature anointed with the grace of the holy ghost in christ as the first fruits and crowned with the highest honours for of old indeed the god of all promised saying it shall come to pass in those days that i will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and the promise is fulfilled for us in christ first and whereas of those in old time who without restraint gave way to fleshly lust god somewhere said my spirit shall not dwell in these men because they are flesh now because all things have become new in christ and we are enriched with the regeneration that is by water and spirit for no longer are we children of flesh and blood but rather call god our father therefore it is and very justly that as being now in honour and possessing the glorious privilege of adoption we have been made partakers of the divine nature by the communication of the holy ghost but he who is the first-born among us when he became so among many brethren and yielded himself to emptiness was the first to receive the spirit although himself the giver of the spirit that this dignity and the grace of fellowship with the holy ghost might reach us by his means something like this paul also teaches us where speaking both of him and us he says for both he that sanctifieth and they that are sanctified are all of one for which reason he is not ashamed to call them his brethren saying i will declare thy name to my brethren for as being in no degree ashamed to call us brethren whose likeness he took therefore having transferred to himself our poverty he is sanctified with us although himself the sanctifier of all creation that thou mightest not see him refusing the measure of human nature who consented for the salvation and life of all to become man when therefore the wise evangelist says of him but jesus being full of the spirit returned from the jordan be not offended nor err from the mark in thy inward thoughts and wander from the doctrine of the truth as to the way and manner in which the word who is god was sanctified but rather understand the wisdom of the economy by reason of which also he is the object of our admiration for he was made flesh and became man not to avoid whatever belongs to man's estate and despise our poverty but that we might be enriched with what is his by his having been made like unto us in every particular sin only excepted he is sanctified therefore as man but sanctifies as god for being by nature god he was made man he was led therefore it says in the spirit in the wilderness forty days being tempted of the devil 
what therefore is the meaning of the word led it signifies not so much that he was conducted thither as that he dwelt and continued there for we are ourselves also accustomed to say of any one who lives religiously so-and-so whoever it may be is a well-conducted person and we give the title of pedagogue not to signify according to the literal interpretation that they actually lead and conduct boys but that they take care of them and well and laudably train them educating and teaching them to conduct themselves with propriety he dwelt therefore in the wilderness in the spirit that is spiritually for he fasted granting no food whatsoever to the necessities of the body but to this i imagine some one may immediately object and what harm then did it do jesus to be constantly dwelling in cities and in what way could it benefit him to choose to inhabit the wilderness for there is no good thing of which he is in want and why too did he also fast what necessity was there for him to labor who knows not what it is to feel the rising of any depraved desire for we adopt the practice of fasting as a very useful expedient by which to mortify pleasures and above it the law of sin that is in our members and extirpate those emotions which lead on to fleshly lust but what need had christ of fasting for he it is by whom the father slays the sin in the flesh and knowing this the divine paul wrote for as to the powerlessness of the law by reason of its weakness because of the flesh god having sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and because of sin condemned the sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law may be fulfilled in us who walk not in the flesh but in the spirit he therefore who even in us miserable beings mortifies the motions of the flesh and has abolished sin what fasting could he need in aught that concerns himself he is holy undefiled by nature wholly pure and without blemish he cannot experience even the shadow of a change why therefore did he make his abode in the wilderness and fast and endure being tempted the type has regard to us my beloved he sets before us his acts as our example and establishes a model of the better and more admirable mode of life practised among us i mean that of the holy monks for whence was it possible for men on earth to know that the habit of dwelling in deserts was useful for them and highly advantageous for salvation for they retire from waves and storms as it were from the utter turmoil and vain distractions of this world and so to speak like the blessed joseph they strip off and give back to the world all that belongs to it and something like this the wise paul too says of those who are wont so to live but those who are jesus christ have crucified the flesh with its affections and lusts and he shows to those who choose this mode of life that abstinence is necessary of which the fruit is fasting and the power of endurance and of abstaining from or taking but little food 
for so will Satan, when he tempts, be overcome. But observe this especially, that he was first baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, and withdrew into the wilderness, and made abstinence, that is, fasting, as it were his armor. And being thus equipped, when Satan drew near and he had overcome him, he has so set before us himself as our pattern. Thou therefore too must first put on the armor of God, and the shield of faith, and the helmet of salvation. Thou too must first be clothed with power from on high, must be made, that is, partaker of the Holy Ghost by means of precious baptism. And then mayest thou undertake to lead the life well-beloved and honorable with God. Then with spiritual courage thou shalt take for thy habitation the deserts. Then shalt thou keep holy fast, and mortify pleasures, and vanquish Satan when he tempts. In Christ, therefore, have we gained all things. Lo, he appears among the combatants, who as God bestows the prize. Among those who wear the chaplet of victory is he who crowns the heads of the saints. Let us behold, therefore, the skillfulness of his wrestlings, how he overthrows the devil's wickedness. When forty days had been spent in fasting, he afterwards hungered. But he it is who gives food to the hungry, and is himself the bread that came down from heaven, and gives life to the world, as being that whereby all things consist. But because, on the other hand, it was necessary that he who refused not our poverty should withdraw from nothing whatsoever that belongs to man's condition, he consented for his flesh to require its natural supplies, and hence the words, he hungered. It was not, however, till he had fasted sufficiently, and by his godlike power had kept his flesh unwasted, though abstaining from meat and drink, that scarcely at length he permitted it to feel its natural sensations. For it says that he hungered. And for what reason? That skillfully by means of the two, he who is at once God and man, might be recognized as such in one and the same person, both as superior to us in his divine nature, and in his human nature as our equal. 4. 3. And the devil said unto him, Then the devil draweth near to tempt him, expecting that the feeling of hunger would aid him in his innate wickedness, for oftentimes he prevails over us by taking our infirmities to aid his plots and enterprises. He thought that he would readily jump at the wish of seeing bread ready for his use, and therefore he said, If thou be the Son of God, bid this stone become bread. He approaches him, therefore, as an ordinary man, and as one of the saints, yet he had a suspicion that possibly he might be the Christ. In what way, then, did he wish to learn this? 
he considered that to change the nature of anything into that which it was not would be the act and deed of a divine power for it is god who makes these things and transforms them if therefore says he this be done certainly he it is who is looked for as the subverter of my power but if he refuse to work this change i have to do with a man and cast away my fear and am delivered from my danger and therefore it was that christ knowing the monster's artifice neither made the change nor said that he was either unable or unwilling to make it but rather shakes him off as importunate and officious saying that man shall not live by bread alone by which he means that if god grant a man the power he can subsist without eating and live as moses and elias who by the word of the lord passed forty days without taking food if therefore it is possible to live without bread why should i make the stone bread but he purposely does not say i cannot that he may not deny his own power nor does he say i can lest the other knowing that he is god to whom alone such things are possible should depart from him and observe i pray how the nature of man in christ cast off the faults of adam's gluttony by eating we were conquered in adam by abstinence we conquered in christ by the food that springeth up from the earth our earthly body is supported and seeks for its sustenance that which is congenerate with it but the rational soul is nourished unto spiritual healthiness by the word of god for the food that the earth supplies nourishes the body that is akin to it but that from above and from heaven strengthens the spirit the food of the soul is the word that cometh from god even the spiritual bread which strengtheneth man's heart according to what is sung in the book of psalms and such also we affirm to be the nature of the food of the holy angels four five he showed him all the kingdoms of the world but o thou malignant and wicked and accursed being how didst thou dare to show the lord all the kingdoms of the whole creation and say all these are mine now therefore if thou wilt fall down and worship me i will give them thee how dost thou promise that which is not thine who made thee heir of god's kingdom who made thee lord of all under heaven thou hast seized these things by fraud restore them therefore to the incarnate son the lord of all hear what the prophet isaiah says respecting thee hath it been prepared for thee also to reign a deep gulf fire and brimstone and wood laid in order the anger of the lord as a gulf burning with brimstone how then dost thou whose lot is the inextinguishable flame promise to the king of all that which is his own didst thou think to have him as thy worshipper at whom all things tremble while the seraphim and all the angelical powers hymn his glory it is written 
thou shalt worship the lord thy god and him only shalt thou serve seasonably he made mention of this commandment striking as it were his very heart for before his advent satan had deceived all under heaven and was himself everywhere worshipped but the law of god ejecting him from the dominion he had usurped by fraud has commanded men to worship him only who by nature and in truth is god and to offer service to him alone four nine if thou be the son of god cast thyself down hence the third temptation which the devil employs is that of vainglory saying cast thyself down hence as a proof of thy divinity but neither did he make him fall by means of vanity but himself in this also shot wide of the mark for he answers it is said thou shalt not tempt the lord thy god for god grants not his aid to those who tempt him but to those who believe in him nor ought we because he deigns us mercy therefore to make a vain display moreover christ never gave a sign to those who tempted him for a wicked generation he saith seeketh after a sign and a sign shall not be given it and let satan now when tempting hear the same we therefore won the victory in christ and he who conquered in adam went away ashamed that we might have him under our feet for christ as conqueror handed on to us also the power to conquer saying behold i have granted you to tread upon serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy four ten for it is written that he shall give his angels charge concerning thee to guard thee but see how maliciously he endeavours by the use of the scriptures to humble the glory of the lord as if in need of angelic aid and as though it would stumble did not the angels help it for the application of the psalms refers not to christ nor does the sovereign need angels as for the pinnacle it was a very lofty building erected at the side of the temple some however wrongly refer the psalm to the person of the lord and taking the verses together thus read because thou o lord art my hope thou hast made the most high thy refuge they say therefore that the lord had as his refuge the most high even the father who is in heaven and their pretext for such a way of understanding it is that satan so took the verses saying if thou be the son of god cast thyself down for it is written that he shall give his angels charge concerning thee for satan being false and a deceiver applies what is said of us to the person of christ the saviour of us all but we do not understand it in satan's fashion though if the arians have so understood it there is no cause for astonishment for they follow their own father who is a liar and the truth is not in him according to the saviour's words 
for if the truth be as they say and we have made christ our help and he has the father for his refuge then have we fled to one who himself has need of aid and call him our saviour who is saved by another this cannot be heaven forbid we say therefore to those who are wont so to think ye tell us another of your errors ye are travelling out of the royal and straight path ye are falling into thorns and pitfalls ye have wandered from the truth the son is in all things equal to the father the mark and impress of his substance the most high as also the father is most high satan then made use of these verses as though the saviour were a common man for being entirely darkness and having his mind blinded he understood not the force of what was said that the psalm is spoken in the person of every just man who is aided by the highest even the god of heaven and besides this he knew not that the word being god was made man and was himself now being tempted in accordance with the plan of salvation he therefore as i said supposed the words were spoken as of a common man or even as one of the holy prophets but it is monstrous for us who accurately know the mystery and believe that he is god and the son of god and that for our sakes he became man like unto us to imagine that the verses were spoken of him to say then thou hast made the most high thy refuge befits not the person of the saviour for he is himself the most high the refuge of all the hope of all the all-powerful right hand of the father and whosoever has made him his defence no evil shall approach him for he shall command the angels who are ministering spirits to guard the just for just as our fathers in the flesh when they see the path rough and impassable catch up their infants in their hands lest perchance their tender feet should be hurt being as yet unable to walk over the hard road so also the rational powers do not permit those who are as yet unable to labour and whose understanding is still childish to toil beyond their strength but snatch them out of every temptation four fourteen and jesus returned in the power of the spirit unto galilee having left the habitations of cities he dwelt in deserts there he fasted being tempted of satan there he gained victory in our behalf there he crushed the heads of the dragons there as the blessed david says the swords of the enemy utterly failed and cities were destroyed that is those who were like towers and cities having therefore mightily prevailed over satan and having crowned in his own person man's nature with the spoils won by the victory over him he returned into galilee in the power of the spirit both exercising might and authority and performing very many miracles and occasioning great astonishment and he wrought miracles not as having received the grace of the spirit 
from without and as a gift, like the company of the saints, but rather as being by nature and in truth the Son of God the Father, and taking whatever is his as his own proper inheritance. For he even said unto him, That all that is mine is thine, and thine mine, and I am glorified in them. He is glorified, therefore, by exercising as his own proper might and power that of the consubstantial spirit. End of Sermon 12, Part 1